The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome to the St Albans Film Guide. It's that week again where it's myself, producer Sam, and joining me hosting this week is Chris Aikman. Hello, Chris. Hello, Sam. Uh, thank you for having me. You're, so, mo- you're welcome. Oh, I'm so glad to. I'm so glad you could be here. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a very busy man, but you know, I, I could fit time into my schedule for you. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Not many people I can say that about, but you, you're a special one. So, <laughs> what do you want me to talk about, Sam? So we'll be talking about first of all some new releases to the cinema. Then we'll move on to new to streaming services. In the third part of the show, you'll be doing your special feature, Where To Next, where we talk about a film not in the English language. And then finally, your pick of free-to-air TV, free-to-air films, no, free-to... Films films on free-to-air television for the forthcoming week. I've only said that a thousand times before and I still can't get it right. Okay, so let's start with New to Cinema. So yeah, there's not much actually um, new big releases this week. Um, the the biggest one this week is, or the week that's just gone, which came out on Wednesday, is Black Widow. But uh, Howard and Danny talked about that last week. But I just want to mention it again because just because, well, I'm I'm really excited to see it either either in the cinema or it is also being released uh, on premium access on uh, Disney Plus as well uh, for Disney Plus subscribers. But you do have to pay a bit extra even if you are subscribed to Disney Plus. Um, because last year uh, was the the first year since two thousand and eight, where there was not a Marvel film released. Oh wow! Um, okay, so we've been then, treated every year like Christmas. Yep, and in more recent years, you've been getting uh, three of them at least be released and actually this year you're still going to get three uh they're just very squished in so uh, black widow is first uh with scott jansen it's sort of a, a prequel uh filling in a bit of um black widow's backstory uh later you're going to be getting um well let me see if i can get the order right oh no they're four coming out this year because you've got the eternals uh coming out later this year you've got shang chi and the ten rings and you've got uh the next spider-man movie so Got four Marvel films Five, coming out. Four. Are they compressed? squished into half a year? Are they compressed because of delays for due to COVID and releasing into cinemas and things? So Black Widow was meant to come out last year, um, a, <clears throat> a bit earlier in the year, twenty twenty. Uh, Eternals was meant to come out last year as well, I believe. Um, so, but they're all all coming out this year. So very exciting. Excellent. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it myself as well. Um, it's got very good reviews so far, um, what I've read. Um, I've still not been trying to read too much about it because I don't want anything spoiled for me, but yeah, what course. I have seen has uh, been very positive so far. But a film that we have seen that's out in the movie uh, and cinema, uh, and I would like to get your opinion on, as you're such a big fan, uh, mm-hmm. was the ninth film in the Fast and Furious, The Fast Saga, as it's being called. Uh-huh. Um, you were obviously a big fan. Um, I you am. went into it having seen none of the previous films or any related spin-offs. Nope. What did you think of Fast I, Nine? I thought 
that this movie introduced a bunch of really interesting characters, didn't have a lot of backstory, um, but that was okay. It was a fast-paced, furiously stunts, action, drama. Uh, other buzzwords. Buzzword, um, you, you know, sort of spectacular, uh, where um, these seemingly immortal people managed to solve crime and and meet up with family members they that um did no to be fair there was some backstory in that part i was i was i was going to say it's ironic you say that actually because this is probably the most backstory heavy of the uh fast uh films um which uh They started years and years ago when the first Fast and Furious movie came out. It was about like illegal street racers stealing like DVD players and stuff uh, from sure. trucks. I in mean, LA. you got to live. You got to live somehow. And now um, they're they're saving the they're international super spies saving the world. They're, who who you know they're the people governments go to to solve uh, problems. And in my personal, not expert opinion, uh, as a viewer of many of the Fast films. Uh, it wasn't, I don't think, in my opinion, as good as some of the others, but I still had a very good time uh, at just how ridiculous they can get with their stunts. Yeah, and I, and I think, all... sorry, sorry, I think that the yeah the stunts, um, as you, I'm sure you're about to say, uh, were so ridiculous that you've got to suspend disbelief, otherwise you wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, you just got you. Just, it's it's silly it's it's you know gravity defying it's quite literally in in this film <laughs> it's also electromagnetic wave defying but you know yeah, you don't often it, often we don't often say that you say gravity defying as a uh, as if, quite a common phrase but yeah if you look into the science of it i'm sure it doesn't make any sense whatsoever but that's it's the fun of it it's ridiculous i mean that's what movies are like great. that's what movies are for right it's meant yeah. to be an escape from reality. You just go along with the the stories uh, and the characters who, I mean, you having not seen them, uh, have not grown to love over the last have you know nine films. But like a majority of that cast have been in it since not necessarily the beginning. Um, Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster have been in it since the beginning. But then even then, Vin Diesel um, wasn't in the second one. I think Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, and then very few of them were in Tokyo Drift, and so they sort of d- dipped in and out. Michelle Rodriguez wasn't in um, one for a while, and but like a lot of them have been there since the very beginning, so they've they've been in a lot of movies. I would recommend uh, for anyone out there who's not seen the Fast movies uh, to give them a go, go in with an open mind, and uh, be ready to be. To be blown away. Yeah, certainly as a piece of en- entertainment, it, it it did its job. Yep. And you can't say can't say fairer than that. Right, let's have a look at new to streaming services. Uh, I assume we'll be talking about Netflix, possibly Amazon Prime, possibly um, not. Well, so I've got some Netflix uh, releases. Uh, haven't got any Amazon Prime releases, but we do also have a, a different streaming service because um, there wasn't much in the way of uh, new to cinema this week. 
there's actually one that is um, new to streaming, which actually, so it's called First Cow. Uh, it's by uh, directed by Kelly Reichard, uh, an acclaimed indie director. Um, and it's actually being released on Mubi, which is a paid-for streaming service that not many people have. But Mubi generally um, shows more international releases, uh, releases not in the English language, uh, sort of a lot more indie films. But First Cow is a, a film that's been garnering a lot of um, positive press uh, since it was actually first released in 2019. So it was released a long time ago initially at um, various film festivals around the world, Telluride Film Festival, places like that. Uh, and it was incredibly well received, won quite, you know, was nominated for and won many prizes at these prestigious festivals. Um, and it was going to get, it was had good word of mouth, and it was going to get a bigger um, release. Uh, but obviously, pandemic happened and it didn't. So now, finally, people actually can get a chance to see it on uh, Mubi. Uh, so it's about a, a cook. So it's, it's essentially a Western. Um, it's a, a cook is with a group of fur trappers in Oregon, and he um, f- meets a Chinese immigrant who is trying to sort of find his fortune. And they they basically become friends and collaborate on a, a successful, you know, building towards a successful business. And it's it's just it, you know it's I suppose quite sort of you know slow pace. It's not you know it's not full of mega stars. It has Toby Jones in it, who people will recognise. He's been in all manner of things. He's one of these actors, British actor, that seems to just pop up wherever in bit massive blockbusters and small indie things like this. But otherwise, uh, it's not a very well known cast. Um, but it's had such good word of mouth that um, I would very much like to see that. Sounds yeah, sounds really interesting. Sort of different take on on the on sort of yeah the the push west where you've got these collaborative rather than just fighting and gunfights and all this. Oh yeah, I'm sure it, that's it, probably in there somewhere, but maybe. But uh, yeah, it's not you know it's not the Unforgiven or anything like that. But uh, on a more sort of wider release on Netflix, there are two movies. Um, coming out uh, today, Friday, um, and Friday the 9th of uh, July. And the first one is Fear Street Part 2, 1978. Now, um, this is actually the second instalment of the Fear Street trilogy. Uh, There's three films coming out, Fear Street, uh, one a week. So the first one came out last week, second one comes out today, Third one is coming out next week, and they're all interconnected. So the first one, so this one's 1978. The first one was 1994. Uh, so dotting around uh, time, but uh, they're all set in the same place with sort of overlapping stories. And they're based on R.L. Stein, uh, his uh, series of books, um, more famous for the Goosebumps series of books. Were you a Goosebumps reader, Sam? As absolutely. A, a fan of horror. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that probably is where one of the one of the sort of triggers of my of my enjoyment of horror. I suppose I definitely was reading them when I was, you know, some of the first, you know they weren't very long. They were yeah. easy to read, um, as children's books normally are. Um, <laughs> but obviously had this horror element, and yeah, for 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 certain, um, you know, the ventriloquist dummy and. Yeah. Yes. You're uh, the piano teacher. Um, 
and those aren't the actual titles i've <laughs> <laughs> yes they had much better titles than yeah. the ventriloquist dummy and the piano um, teacher but yeah um, I don't, he wasn't called chucky because that's the doll isn't it from um yeah but so so did you, well, this, anyway, this, sorry. this is going to be my question is did you watch the tv series Goosebumps? oh yeah of course because because i've heard and I, I know why people like talk about the ventriloquist dummy episode mm-hmm. of um the goosebumps tv series as being one of the, like the scariest things that people have ever seen it's a bit like as children <laughs> it still it still haunts them yeah it um well yeah cuz he he would slappy the dummy that was what he was called slappy the dummy yeah and uh well yeah he he was absolutely he was out for blood, Chris. So, you know, <laughs> of course it was pretty terrifying. And van- ventriloquist dolls do have, you know, they don't have the best sort of reputation for being cute, do they? They're sort of, yeah. Um, I don't know what the word would be. They're, they're, they sort of live in the uncanny valley, don't they, of this thing that looks like a human but for, is is completely obviously inhuman in, in the same way. Um. So, but, so yes, f- from the book "Night as the Living Dummy." Of course, what should have? <laughs> of course, that's what it was called. Of course, yeah. Um, I don't know why you didn't. No, didn't get that. And the "Don't Trust Your Piano Teacher." What is it? I can't remember. But the episode for that one had Moonlight Sinatra, Sonata. Sonata, even um, as like the piece that the the either and or you know they had to learn or or that the the teacher was playing and i just always remember that being quite haunting because of it so uh, so that would be the goosebump story piano lessons can be murder there we go <laughs> so, so all of these there's... brilliant names uh yeah others say cheese and die um welcome to camp nightmare uh, the werewolf of fever swamp mm why I mean, I'm afraid of bees. Oh, uh, oh, I like bees. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure they're not very nice in the, that book. Yeah, but save I'm the sure bees. I'm sure there's a reason. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I was, I was quite excited to hear about this uh, this series of movies coming out. Well, yeah, it's... It, um, so this one, uh, the sort of... M- most recognisable stars, I think, uh, are Gillian Jacobs, uh, who people might recognise from uh, Community, played Britta in Community, and Sadie Sink, who is um, one of the stars of Stranger Things. She plays Max in Stranger Things. Um, so that's cool. Uh, you, you'll be you'll be sitting down to watch Fear Street Part One, Two, and Three. I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. I and you know, having not seen it, I'm highly recommending it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe maybe in a future podcast we can talk about what you thought about them. Great. Um, but in a slightly different um, uh, sort of genre, uh, we've got also released today, um, Friday the 9th of July, is The Waterman. Um, so this is a film that Netflix acquired the international release to. Um, it's being released in cinemas in the USA, but everywhere else on Netflix. And it is a a kid's film, essentially, about a, an 11-year-old boy, played by Lonnie Chavis, um, who runs away from home 
uh, to find a mythical creature, a creature of folklore called the Waterman, um, who he thinks can help um, cure his sick mother, played by Rosario Dawson. Uh, and his father, uh, played by David Oyelowo, um, is, uh, has to go out looking for him because he's run off into the, into the woods to look for the Waterman. Um, and it, this has also had good reviews from what I've seen. Um, so I would, I would quite like to give this a watch. Okay. I mean, it says feel good kids adventure about this. So I'm, I'm assuming it all comes good. Well, from the trailer, it, it does seem to have a fair amount of drama in it. Mm. You know, what with very sick mother and he goes off into the woods and, you know, distressed parents and whatnot. But yeah, hopefully. Well, feel good is one of those weird um, expressions that, so for instance, uh, Slumdog Millionaire had it was plastered with feel good when that was first released. Okay, and there's a lot that happens in Slumdog Millionaire that is not in any way, shape, or form feel good. No, I mean he wins some money, but so many other horrible things happen in his life. So many other horrible things happen, um, and not just, to, just not just to him, to other people he yeah. knows. So I don't, I don't feel like. I mean, I know like money helps but i don't feel like that <laughs> is a feel good um you know overall yeah so it, it was slumdog millionaire was plastered uh on like buses and stuff with uh the quote being the feel good film of the decade okay well that just says a lot about our relationship with money i feel than anything else maybe yeah um which is kind of sad but yeah and i'm sure like movies like up <laughs> and other such sort of disney where they just like destroy your soul in the first 10 minutes by having some <laughs> horrific life event happen to people uh, or fish or toys or whatever um <laughs> and then yeah it's a feel-good kids movie like okay okay but you know you, you say that you sound like a woman who's been emotionally wrecked by several uh pixar movies um, yeah, a few of them. Um, I told you, Chris, that I wasn't ready to watch Toy Story 4. <laughs> and, I know. Uh, I, I feel bad about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, should we put a movie on? Something something fun? Oh, Toy Story 4 is available. And you did say, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready. And then <laughs> I don't think you stopped crying for about an hour. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Like the f the film had finished ages ago, and <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, Toy Story came out, you know, when we were reasonably young children, and so we've grown up with those characters, and mm. it's you know they're they're close to our hearts. It's true, but, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see this and uh, see what they how they uh, make me feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast, One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week, I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com. 
slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Where to next then, Chris? Well, so last month when it was uh, my turn on the podcast, uh, I introduced this new um, feature, Where To Next, where we're going to be watching some films not in the English language, um, just trying to sort of broaden horizons, see what else is out there. And um, so last month we discussed um, The Mole Agent, which is a Chilean film. Uh, and I said that we were going to be this month discussing uh, Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away, um, a Japanese animated film. And I, I want to say to you, know, you dear listener, um, you know, we might be you know, entering spoiler territory. We're going to talk about the film quite generally still. Um, but please be aware that there might be um, some spoilers. So... Uh, if, uh, if you don't want to hear about the film, uh, please uh, just skip to part four uh, at this time code. 3450. So, um, Spirited Away uh, came out in 2001, 20 years ago. And it, uh, it actually, it, it was, I hadn't seen this film. And I think it's weird that I hadn't seen this film. My, my, Brothers have certainly seen this film. Uh, I'm sure my my at least my mum has. Uh, I missed it at some point. I don't know why. Um, but you had seen it when we sat down to watch this. Yes, I had. Um, but I had seen it, you know, many years ago. I had a vague recollection of it, so it may as well have been, you know, my ver- my first viewing. Yeah. Uh, in that respect. So it. Yeah, like I say, it came out in 2001. It's a um, Japanese film uh, about a young girl called uh, Chihiro. She's 10 years old, and her and her parents are moving house. They're going to a whole new town, city. She's very upset that she's they're moving house, and um, her dad takes a shortcut to the house. He thinks he's taking a shortcut, and they end up getting lost, and going through this tunnel to what appears uh, in a father's eyes to be an abandoned theme park. And when, when they're there, Chihiro really is imploring her, her parents to leave uh, and they start eating some food they find and they eventually turn into pigs and Chihiro and her family get trapped there. And she ends up working in this bathhouse um, uh, run by a a witch called Yababa, and she has to to work to basically win her freedom, essentially. And this came out in two thousand one and won the uh, Academy Award for Best Animated Picture, um, which actually had only started the year before. Uh, but so far, it's the only film uh, to win that category that is uh, both well that is not in English. And it's the only film to be completely hand-drawn. All the other films have been done, you know, computer-generated, uh, which is um, quite impressive, actually. I, th- I think this is a truly beautiful film. It's one of those ones that you could you could take stills from it and print them out and frame them, and they would look like art. 
yeah, some of the, the I, I almost was overly cap- captivated by the 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 drawings and the the character work that because yeah, obviously yeah. it's it's not in um obviously it's not in the English language so we have subtitles and so you're trying to concentrate on the subtitles um because Japanese uh is so far away from English that you can't even necessarily kind of pick up the odd word that sounds um you know like if you're listening in Spanish or French or or something you might be able to sort of hear words that are sort of similar to English but you have to like really concentrate on the subtitles and so you're I was kind of trying to watch the beautiful artwork and understand the story and I'm sure I missed a few lines here and there but it didn't it didn't matter too much I think that just talking purely aesthetically how it's 20 years old that film but I think doesn't look it I think it has a very timeless quality to it yeah I think in another 20 years' time, it'll look just as good. It was actually kind of, if you, you, we brought up Toy Story before. If you watch the first Toy Story movie, obviously animation was groundbreaking for 1995, but compared to a lot of animation now, computers, uh, like the you know, Toy Story 4, for instance, mm. it looks quite primitive. The character movements aren't as smooth um some of them are quite jerky the textures aren't quite right shadows lighting all sorts yeah yeah, and you know they were still getting used to the technology and it's still you know it doesn't stop it being a great film but i think that spirited away is just like perfect and it looks like if that came out now you wouldn't think well what's why are they using this old yeah technique and it's the character you talked about the character design each of the characters are so sort of beautifully thought out and put together. Like Yubaba the witch who runs this bathhouse. Um, basically it's a bathhouse for spirits. And so a lot of the, pe- the people that go, you know, because Chihiro is, is a human, um, she's in danger from these spirits. And that you know they're they're all spirits from what i understand from you know from japanese sort of shinto buddhist like folklore um and they've been you know rendered and realized and and you know so yubaba has this massive head she's a, she's a woman with you know she's quite a wide body but she has an absolutely massive head and is much bigger than the other bodies of the other people so there's like you know these creatures aren't, they look fairly human. And there's one like, there's a frog like spirit, spirit creature. And, you know, her, her friend, she makes a uh, Kamaji down in the, in the furnace has, you know, six, four or six arms sort of coming six, out of the back yeah. of him. Six. So he, he can do like multiple different tasks all at the same time. Cause he can stoke the fire or actually he doesn't stoke the fire, does he? But he can like, grind herbs to put into the bath water and he can do this that and the other and yeah mm. there's a there's a I, w- I was sort of looking up obviously trying to sort of see what th- themes people have taken from like messages people have taken from the film and you know there's there's the themes of um essentially like greed and and gluttony um that that sort of and excess uh comes up quite often throughout the film 
and then there's sort of like you know meditations on on life and death and there's a whole section quite late on in the film where uh chihiro has to go on a train um with the you know which is is populated with spirits and she's sitting with a uh you know sort of a new friend of hers called no face and no one says anything it's just the, the music which throughout the film is is just excellent so evocative and and beautiful but just nothing happens for almost two minutes in terms of like dialogue you just have this these characters just experiencing the world around them again this beautiful scenery um and it's just sort of like the film lets you take some time to comprehend what has happened previously for the previous hour and a half or however long through the movie is Mm-hmm. which I don't think a lot of films let you do. No, you don't often get breathing space, do you? Because no. that was, yeah, that was like quite a major break in all this stuff just happened. And now we're traveling to the next part of the journey, the next part of the adventure. And and before that as well, there's been like, oh, we've got to get to the train. And so they sort of get to the train and it's, I think in other films, you think, we've got to get to the train and then the train bit would be, once cut. they got there, that'd be quite a short thing. Or cut out and they just arrive, right? Yeah, maybe. And they use it as a chance to just sort of be like, okay, well, think of, think about it. Think yeah. about everything. And you, in a way, you actually see Chihiro's character grow like the most in that moment as well. Mm. Because she's, oh, got she- this, she's got this task ahead of her. Because at the beginning... She's she's quite a, a whiny child. Um, she's always complaining. She doesn't want to do anything. Her parents are trying to sort of g her up, and she's having none of it. I mean, yeah, she is having her life ripped out from under her. By, but yeah, but but at know. the same time, she's also she's quite a timid, clumsy mm. um, little girl. And by the end of it, she's gone through this you know fully realized character arc, and it, it's because it is. You'd say a children's movie, yes. generally, especially you know, animation is generally the the realm of of children's entertainment. Um, but it's so different to a lot of other children's films because there's not like an outright villain, for instance. No, you Baba is the most villainous character, but she has you know different layers she she loves loves baby um who's a giant baby yeah can talk and other characters who appear like they're going to be villainous aren't and And, and at the same time good characters also can do bad things yeah and it's quite a sort of complex film for children yeah for a children's film basically yeah i think um I think that we focus quite a lot on good versus evil. Mm. Perhaps in I don't know West. I don't know if that's a if that's a Western thing or if it's worldwide um, in within sort of within sort of children's um, like narratives. But like I think it is important that children realize and adults as well that not everyone's one hundred percent good or one hundred percent evil. 
that there are layers to characters. And I said to you after the movie, Chris, that all of those characters were kind of like a chaotic neutral. Yes. Where To, to use Dungeons & Dragons cards. <laughs> where they all either started out appearing sort of bad or good, but like you said, both they they could do both good and bad things but in in a way that yeah was was not necessarily like intent like of course there was intent behind some of the actions but it didn't feel like oh this person is set out to destroy all good things or this person is the shining hero Mm. which yeah i guess if you watch like Avengers Civil War, then you get to learn that as well. Um, And I'm sure a lot of children are very upset now with Captain America being, you know, having chosen a bad, just made a bad decision maybe. But anyway, I I digress. But digress. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought like comparing it to your typical, I don't know, Disney film where – You've got the good character, the prince or princess, who are on you know on their journey fighting some evil. Mm. I thought it was quite different in that respect. Yeah. So all in all, we're saying we would very much recommend Spirited Away, a film that came out twenty years ago, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen, but I just for whatever reason did not. Uh, it is still available on Netflix if you want to um, to listen, uh, to listen, to watch, sorry. <laughs> uh, either again or for the first time. And uh, so the question is, where to next? Well, we've been in Japan. We're going to come a bit closer to home uh, and we're going to France next uh, for a film that came out in uh, 2019. And it's called Les Miserables. Now, it isn't um, the musical. Uh, This is actually uh, a modern story set in Paris uh, about... um, It's a a drama about sort of poverty and and police abuses and things. It all sounds very cheery. Uh, That is also on Netflix. Uh, It was um, France's entry in 2019 to the um, Academy Awards for best uh, picture in uh, not in the english language and so we're going to be watching that and discussing that next month okay chris tell us what your pick of free to air films on tv are please <laughs> is that right so oh, i was <laughs> close enough so um Tonight, Friday 9th of July, I've got two movies. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. They're both action movies. So on Five Star at 9pm, you've got Michael Bay's The Rock, which is a film that we watched quite recently, and I was very glad that it still holds up, um, starring Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage, uh, and they have to break onto Alcatraz uh, as Ed Harris and his uh, team of um, soldiers have uh, pointed poison gas rockets at San Francisco and Nicholas Cage and Sean Connery have got to stop them. On the other hand, on film four, also at 9pm, 
you have Mission Impossible Fallout, the most recent Mission Impossible film, um, as always starring Tom Cruise. Uh, in that case, it's not chemical weapons. Uh, it's nuclear weapons that they're trying to stop people from using. And it's... Uh, oh, it's great. Yeah, oh, The Mission Impossible films. I made Sam sit down and watch all <laughs> the Mission Impossible films from start to finish. Yeah. And you didn't find that a waste of time, hopefully? No, I think... Yeah, I think in a similar vein to the Fast and Furious movies, movie that I've seen, um, <laughs> they are kind of a ridiculous premise of this small group of people who have to save the world, but no one really knows about them. And yet they do all these stunts that are outlandish, right? Yeah. Um, And so... Yeah, for entertainment's sake, again, it's just something that's fun and interesting and you can kick back and enjoy. Yeah. Not the second one. Well, but that's not... The second one's not as good. That's not but, what's on, but so it's fine. No. Mission Impossible Fallout, 9 o'clock, film four. Moving on to Saturday, we've got a bit of a kid's double bill for you if you want to plonk your, your little ones down in front of uh, Channel 5. Uh, from 1.20pm, you have a film that scarred Sam uh, for the rest of her life. Uh, it's Matilda. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like I unfairly judge Danny DeVito is really all. <laughs> Every time Danny DeVito turns up in anything, you're like, oh, Danny DeVito. <laughs> and that's entirely based on him acting in Matilda. Yeah, but I was a I was a child when that movie came out, so it's <laughs> Danny. De- so actually, it's a testament to Danny DeVito's work because he also directed this film. It's a testament to his work uh, that he scarred you and made you hate him for the rest of his <laughs> career. Um, what? Could, uh, so yeah, I have nothing else. It's it's Roald Dahl's Matilda, uh, starring Mara Wilson as the um, titular hero. Uh, and followed um, after straight after on Channel 5, don't even need to change the channel, uh, you have a Jumanji, and this is the Robin Williams Jumanji, not the one with The Rock. Uh, I saw this at the cinema when it first came out. Uh, it's um, also got Kirsten Dunst in it, and um, about a board game that sucks uh, things in and throws them out again later uh, when you actually play it. All sorts of dangers come out as you play the board game. Um, good fun film. Mm, yeah, if you haven't seen it, yeah, definitely. Catch so it. that's Matilda and Jumanji back to back on Channel Five from one twenty PM on Saturday. On Sunday, the eleventh of July, we got one of your favourites, haven't we, Sam? That's right. Um, classic buddy movie. Um, Thelma and Louise. Yes, really, Scott's Thelma and Louise on Five Star at nine PM. Um. Yeah, one of the classic uh, cinematic pairing of Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. Which one's Thelma and which one's Louise? Uh, Louise is Susan Sarandon and Thelma is Gina Davis. There you go. Yes, great film for a Sunday evening. Um, Yeah, it's slightly, I mean, this one, because obviously, you know, there is the European Championship final on on at 8pm, so... There is a bit of an overlap. But is there a five-star plus one? I don't know. I, uh, but you can set it to record. Yeah. I don't know if there's a plus one. But then, the next night, Monday, 12th of July, uh, on great 
with an exclamation mark, movies at 10.55pm, quite late, uh, is District 9. This is a this is a fun sci-fi. Uh, well, I say fun. Well, yeah, it's an I'm... allegory for um, <laughs> uh, apartheid in South Africa. Yeah, not maybe not the fun isn't the right word. <laughs> um, but I think, it, yeah, it, I, feel, I feel like it was fairly groundbreaking at the time, but I can't remember why, and I might just be saying that. I mean, it's groundbreaking for, I think, the, the special effects, and considering the budget it had, I, I've just looked it up, it was a $30 million budget, and the special effects are pretty exceptional for that, um, for that amount of money. Uh, basically, uh, Vickers... Uh, is a, a, a bureaucrat in South Africa, played by Sholto Copley. Um, he he gets infected with an alien fluid, and he basically so an alien um, craft has at some point in the past appeared over uh, Johannesburg, and the aliens now live down on the ground um, in essentially these slums, um, and. Yeah, like I say, it's an allegory for for apartheid in South Africa. Um, all sort of wrapped up in a in entertaining sci-fi action film. Very much worth a watch. Uh, also, very much worth a watch. I mean, they're all. I shouldn't have to say that because I've picked them for you know best films on free to air TV. Uh, but on Tuesday, thirteenth of July, you've got Atomic Blonde on E4 at nine pm. With uh, Charlie Theron is a as a butt kicking spy yeah. during the Cold War. My my lasting memory of this movie is there was a lot of fighting. Yes, lots and lots of amazing stunt work, and but also I felt like a more realistic, although obviously to a certain extent not, but more a sort of more realistic um, representation of fighting where people actually get tired and hurt. Yes. Whereas in obviously a lot of other action movies that, you know, we've also mentioned this episode, people can fight endlessly and when they should be dead, <laughs> seem to still get up and be able to uh, continue to fight. So, well, yeah, Charlie Theron, it, yeah, the, I, I think the, the scene you're talking about in particular is one where it's a, done as a one shot yeah. uh, fight scene where she's taking on, you know, a group of blokes and yeah, everyone's getting more and more worn out as the fight goes on. And Charlie Theron is, you know, well, she's in the best movie of all time, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. And she's, she's really carved out this, this niche now sort of, you know, in this last part of her career as, you know, an action star. And she really carries it. Well, she does, cause she does a lot of the fight work and, and stunt work herself where she can. And it really shows because she really carries herself well and looks like she could really handle herself. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely watch that again, that movie. And here's my chance. Yeah, Tuesday, 13th of July, Sam, on E4 at 9pm. And then finally, um, Wednesday, 14th of July, uh, on ITV4, we've got Arnie himself, as Conan the Barbarian. So this is the 1982 one, not the 2011 one, starring Jason Momoa. Uh, this is Arnie, 
flexing his pecs, holding a giant sword, wearing some small pants. And that is on ITV4 at 10pm. And that's all we have time for this week. So thank yes. you very much, Chris. Um, that was all very enlightening and interesting. And I'm, ex- I'm excited for the Les, Les, Les Miserables. I did French GCSE. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get in your French GCSE? A C. Oh, me too. Cool. <laughs> or a um, C. Ah, bet it. No, is that German? I don't that know. was German. I also did German GCSE. So. Ah, say is also French. Oh, I don't want to say this actually in case we're just embarrassing ourselves. We totally are. We totally are. Anyway, cut that bit. Um, so yeah, great. I'm I'm excited. And um, next week we have Alex Mackay, who will be bringing you again new releases, uh, his pick of um, releases on streaming and free to air television. Following that, it will be me again on the fourth Friday of the month, and Chris will uh, be joining me back again. So take care. I will indeed. Take care and yes. see you soon. Bye bye, listener. <laughs>